Welcome back to episode 58 of Thinking Logically, where we think logically, just two dads talking about politics. I am joined by the podfather. No, I am the podfather. I am joined by the doctor, Dr. Joseph Anthony Corsi. Joe, what's going on? Had a little Joe Biden moment there. <laughs> Don't know what day it is anymore. Hi, I'm Corsi. Uh, Joe, I'm Casey's husband. Hi, I'm Kingsley's husband. My Memorial Day weekend was awesome. <laughs> What'd you guys do? Anything fun? Uh, just a nice, chill, relaxing uh, Sunday and Monday with the baby boy outside on the new mat that we got. He's sitting up and he's rolling around and he's trying to crawl at least. So, had him outside in the sun for a little bit. It's nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, it was a... Uh... Getting some crazy good weather here in Western PA. So we just soak it in and enjoy it while it lasts. But we are going to get started here with uh, this week's episode. It has been a, a whirlwind since Friday, it seems like. Um, some some big revelations coming out uh, on in Ukraine with biolabs and a, a possible cyber shutdown of the, of the internet worldwide and the power grid. Uh, we'll get into that, hopefully. We were talking about that privately this morning, Joe. Um, but first, we want to welcome all of our new listeners, especially our new listener out in Portugal. Thank you for listening, wherever you are in Portugal. I think we, we found you, uh, our listener in Portugal is in the city of Porto. So welcome to all of our new listeners out there. We are worldwide. Joe, our first topic today, the, the cartel that runs the United States of America. I know you have some hot takes on this. What do you got? So it's it's a question I've I've raised this to you for, for a while now and other people. And the best definition is a criminal syndicate. Does a criminal syndicate actually in reality run our country? And the more and more you think about it, yeah, they actually it might be like the mafia. So what is a criminal syndicate, Mark? So a criminal syndicate means any combination of persons or enterprises engaging or having the purpose of engaging on a continuing basis in conduct that violates one or more provisions of a felony statute of a United States jurisdiction. Um, I looked that up online. I'm not that smart. So let's take a look at what happened the past three years since February, March of 2020. So during an election, election year, a big spooky virus jumped from a bat to a human. Maybe. We're actually not sure about that yet still. It could have came from a lab in China. Maybe. Maybe in China. We still don't know that either. Anyway, um, that caused the United States to shut down. And then what followed, Mark? Numerous new laws that were in hindsight totalitarian, to say the least. Also, it was the reason a new way to vote in this country was introduced. Um, also, it was a great excuse to hide one of the presidential candidates who somehow went from fifth in Iowa and New Hampshire during his primary to a blowout win on Super Tuesday right before the shutdown. Um, then look at what happened on November 3rd, 2020. We saw numerous states stop counting all at the same time and then tell people to go home. What happened after that? We all saw the videos. Um, briefcases being pulled out from under tables, water main breaks, windows boarded up, Ruby Freeman, whatever her name is. We could go on and on. Then fast forward a few months later, January 6th happened. We were told that Trump supporters staged an insurrection to stop the transfer of power, which in hindsight wasn't close to the truth. Um, in fact, it was two years later, after numerous people on the internet that were banned were screaming, that, uh, in fact, most, if not all, the agitators involved were feds working for our own government, used, being paid with taxpayer dollars. All this resulted in this syndicate gaining total control of the White House. And they are using the person that supposedly got 81 million votes, ballots, whatever you want to call it, but yet he can't even walk or complete a thought. They're using him as a puppet, basically. And what have we seen happen to this country since? Inflation? Energy crisis? Whatever happened to COVID and the vaccines? We never got any answers on those. Now we have, we have proxy wars 
We got biolabs leaking Lord knows what in numerous countries in Africa and Europe. Mark, how is no one realizing this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills here. Not to quote Magatu from Zoolander here, but what the hell is going on? I saw something on Twitter the other day, and it was something about how all of the COVID variants stopped popping up when the Ukraine war began. Coincidence or not? Just saying. Just saying. Uh, it is something to think about. But, you know, as, as we've said on this podcast multiple times, we believe that the cartel running this government, running this country, is operating a massive money laundering scheme. Democrats and Republicans. That they're laundering billions, if not trillions of dollars through various means and basically holding us, um, you know, whatever, however you want to call that. But that's what we believe is happening here in this country. And number one driver of money laundering going on right now, just like in most cases, except during the four years President Trump was in office, are wars. So... When will it get better? When will it, when will it improve? Who knows? Thinking about this today, Joe, thinking, I feel like, like every day is almost, we're just kind of, I don't know if I want to say on edge or just kind of waiting to see what the next big thing's going to be. We're totally fucking on edge. We're on the verge of a world <laughs> war. We're talking about, there's, there's still normal talk about a nuclear holocaust going on in Europe, okay? I, we're totally on edge. You are absolutely right. You you just you're numb to it. You're numb to it now. <laughs> you are, you know. Um, I, we're sending F-16s into Ukraine. You know, um, I, I sent you something last night about uh, there was some. I don't know. I guess a lot of. Uh, Anti-missile defense system was was going crazy last night in Kiev as they were getting bombarded with missiles. So, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the war in Ukraine is, is, is definitely the number one thing that we need to put a stop to. And it's not going to end anytime soon. It will not end for at least until 2024. If, if Biden is reelected, this thing could go on until 2028. If anything's left of, U- of Ukraine by then, or Eastern Ukraine, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's kind of demoralizing in a way when you when when you wake up and you're and you're constantly hit with this stuff. You know, especially inflation. It's affecting most middle and lower class Americans. It's just there's just no end in sight, really. And the only way this is going to get better is if. We get another. We get someone else in the White House in 2024, whether it's DeSantis, whether it's Trump. That's the that's the uh, that's the end game right now. So, that's all I got with that. All right, um, let's let's delve into this criminal syndicate. Just, just let's present like a case here. So, this is one of the things they use, and this this sounds crazy talking about it like two, three years ago, making these accusations, but it, it makes perfect sense to me now. So we just covered this, I think it was last episode, the U-Haul truck that decided to ram into the White House and take over the country. Remember that, Mark? The white supremacist? Yeah, the, he, was a, he was a white supremacist. I think he was an actually an, an Indian national. Um, the farthest thing from white you could possibly get. Yeah. So what well, happened, Joe? Did they drop the charges or something against this yeah, guy? Yeah, I, I, I hope you have your, your, your shit and britches pants on because get ready to shit your britches. They dropped the charges on this guy. You're absolutely right. Charges drops, dropped against Sai Kandula, the East Asian migrant terrorist with the Nazi flag who tried to ram the White House and take over the country. This is from Gateway Pundit. Now, Mark, they, they dropped... All the charges, let me find it in the article here, except from like except for like trespassing. 
What were the charges they dropped? Let's put it that. Let's, uh, let's start with that question. Uh, Do we know? Was taken into custody at the scene. He faced multiple charges. Um, let's see which ones were dropped. Yeah, they dropped every single charge, leaving Kandula with nothing but a single count of depredation of property in the United States in excess of $1,000. Let me read some of the ones they dropped here. This is, this is absolutely astonishing. Assault with a dangerous weapon, reckless operation of a motor vehicle, the threat to kidnap, kill, or inflict bodily harm on a president, vice president, or family of a vice president or president, destruction of federal property, and trespassing. They dropped everything. All, all of them. Yeah, and they, they kept a single count of depredation of property of the United States in excess of $1,000. And then the Post goes on to say, I don't want to, this is someone quoted from Mark Hemingway, I don't want to sound paranoid, but that seems like they're trying to hush this up. The husband of conservative commentator Molly Hemingway tweeted, so why does this foreigner with a Nazi flag get a pass for ramming an entrance to the White House? And why are the prosecutors yelling Trump supporters for walking inside the Capitol um, after they were waved in. This goes back to the January 6th. It makes a great freaking point, Mark. A great point. But this guy had a manifesto and he had a Nazi flag. Now, we just had a shooting at a Catholic school where we can't get that manifesto. But they are... They, this is just like the the Avengers in, in Marvel. They just recycle the same bullshit over and over again. But honestly, if you really want to get conspiracy in this, was this guy even Middle Eastern? Was he Indian? Or, or let me just play a clip for you. Now, this woman's husband, um, in real life, was played by Ben Affleck in the movie Argo. I'm going to play a clip from you. This is what our government, our criminal syndicate government, what they're using our tax dollars for. The only question is, are they doing this on U.S. soil? It's about a five-minute clip, so get comfortable. opposition in the field. My husband was Tony Mendez, and he was played by Ben Affleck in the movie called Argo. Tony, they didn't mention it in the movie, but Tony had deep connections to Hollywood, to the, the tradespeople out in LA that did a lot of things we were interested in doing. Special effects people, makeup people, Tony was chief of disguise 10 years before I was chief of disguise. And so he passed on some of his expertise to me, but he had a particular interest in the magic industry out in LA. Not so much the magicians on the stage, but the people that were working behind the scenes to make that magic happen. So we went to LA and we posed some questions to them we said, we have a problem. We're looking for novel solutions. What have you got? Can you help us? We need to hide the true identity of our officers in Moscow. Well, LA did have some ideas, of course. That's what they do for a living. They uh, introduced us to a new concept. They said, what you are calling an operation, we call a performance. That's what we do. We put on performances. And before we start... Working on that performance, we have to initially, we have to define the state that the performance is going to take place on. So for you, CIA, is that a streetscape? Is it a parking garage? Are you going to be in a car? You have to know what your stage is. Then you have to know who your audience is. Who are you playing to? Who are you playing to? Is it the guard outside of the American embassy that you have to walk back and forth past him? couple of times a day? Is it the team in the car following you down the street? Or is it the hidden video camera in your parking garage, the embassy? Who is watching you? Who do you try and fool? Once you assemble those two pieces, you can pretty much choose the time, choose the place, and simply overwhelm them with your performance. Then they showed us some tools that they used the one that really caught our eye is what's called a stunt double mask. You all know how they're used. When the movie star is so famous or so good looking that they can't risk damaging him, they'll put a stunt man in a 
double mask on the horse, except for Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise does not allow stunt doubles in his movies. He does it all himself. We liked the idea of stunt double masks. They're quick on, they're quick off. Uh, they dramatically change your appearance. And we started using them and found them to be valuable to our operations. But that piece of it did not allow you to get close enough to one of those masks before the illusion fell apart and you saw it was a mask. So we went back to our disguise labs out at Langley and we invented a whole new genre of masks. Masks that are so good, that are so realistic that you can actually get up close and have a personal contact with someone for an extended period of time. They're good enough that you can brief the President of the United States in the Oval Office. And he isn't sure if it's you or if it's... Uh, and I'm watching the video version for our listeners, and this is a woman. She's actually briefing on his first day in office, I believe, George H.W. Bush. So George W. Bush's father, and she's a brunette woman, and she takes off her mask, and he's just shocked. It's someone else. I said the stunt double mask came off quickly. So did our new masks, on and off like a hat. Those masks were the beginning of a whole new generation of work that we did at the CIA. Once we could make these masks that fit you so well, then we discovered we could make a twin. We could make another you. There could be two of you. We could actually make five or six of you, but usually one extra was all we needed. If we had two of you, we could play some games with surveillance and perhaps get some of our officers free. Um, and we did that. We also were working on Jack in the Box. It was a, a pop-up dummy that we used in car surveillance situations. And we discovered we could make a mask of you, put it on the dummy with a wig and your clothing in a car surveillance situation. You could exit the car, the dummy would pop up, surveillance would come around the corner and, and never have a clue what was going on. This all sounds a little far-fetched. And you wonder how valuable was it really? There was one case that always- I'm gonna stop the video here. And I just wanna remind our viewers that this is just what is probably declassified. Remember that. Wow. So when did this whatever, come out? What's that? When did this come out? When was this taken? Uh, this is, maybe three or four years ago, 2016, 17, maybe. Wow. That's actually kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shook right now, to be honest with you. So it makes you wonder about all these all these shootings, Mark. What do they all have in common? Always an FBI agent in contact with the person or some kind of federal agent. All these mass shootings that have just started popping up in the last 30, 40 years in our society. Always a three-letter alphabet agency involved in it somehow. And then you see stuff like that, and you wonder, what technology, what kind of stuff do they, what are they using now? And then it makes you wonder, you see these accounts on Twitter. How many Joe Bidens are there really? Are there really three or four Joe Bidens? Because he comes back from Japan with way, way, way more hair than he leaves with. And it makes you wonder. <laughs> How do they manipulate the voice, though? Again, we, we, don't, we don't have to have the answer, but if you think they could do all the, it's like a magic show. Once you know how the trick works, you can't, you can't be fooled again. You're, they can't get you again. You see what I mean? Wow. So it, it wouldn't be that hard to make a voice, I don't think, in, in 2023 with the, with the technology they have. Okay, we're back after that brief interruption. As soon as we uh, start talking about this stuff, Joe, what happens? We get cut off. Click. <laughs> Click. Can't talk about it. But, uh, no, you bring up a good point, Joe. I mean, it's just, it's just unbelievable, the technology out there that we probably have no idea. We can't even fathom what's being used by our government. And, again, this can't be a conspiracy theory because we just heard that this is true. You said this is from the movie. This was um, – 
Argo, I think her husband played, you said, was played by Ben Affleck in the movie Argo? Her husband was Master of Disguise for the CIA, and I believe he, he may have been deputy or head of the CIA after that for, for a brief time. I could be wrong. And then she was Master or Deputy Master of Disguise 10 years after him, I believe. But yes, her husband was played by Ben Affleck in Argo. So Imagine having that title, Joe. Master of Disguise. It'd be pretty cool. I mean, there's just, I would love to know what's all being deployed in terms of like technology and undercover stuff like this. I mean, it's got to be off the charts. Like it would probably blow the average person's mind. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it would, it would blow my mind, but like I said, it's, it's like a magic trick. Once you know how the magic trick works, it, you, you're not, you can't be fooled again. You know? Yeah. But the, you see how she says it's a performance, like January 6th. Don't look at it as an insurrection. Look at it as a performance, not an operation, not a CIA operation, a performance. Because you have this the, the news media with them. It's a performance. Oh, it was a performance, all right. You know, they, we go and talk about, we're going, we'll go back to the pipe bomber. I mean, we, I just heard this on another podcast this week, listening, you know, again, something you've been talking about for a very long time. They're talking about this, another podcast that I'm listening to. They have the license plate number of the, of the car, right? They, they think they have video of this person getting off of the, was it the the uh, the metro in Washington D.C.? I think they know exactly what stop. They got, they got off got the metro. They got into a car. They have everything. They got them looking at a cell phone. They got them getting off the metro, getting into a car. That car's license plate. They have it all. Yep. Yeah, but we don't have any arrests or any information on on this pipe bomber. Someone who uh, was trying. Someone who was, and we'll put in, in air quotes, trying to kill um, the vice president or multiple people on January sixth. You know, I should play the Goodfellas cold open again because it could have been more true. In, in a criminal syndicate, just like the movie Goodfellas, what do they do? They kill everyone that's involved in the Lufthansa what was it, the Lufthansa heist? The Lufthansa heist, yeah. Yes, they kill everyone involved. So this, this pipe bomber, I wouldn't be surprised if he's killed before he's outed because he can't be outed because then it messes up the entire operation. And you know what else is kind of funny, Mark? How many Capitol Hill police officers committed suicide? Who else yep. committed suicide on January 6th? Wasn't it the uh, sergeant at arms? Didn't he off himself or die mysteriously before he was supposed to testify? This yep. is how a criminal syndicate works. Just like that one Clinton aide shot himself in the chest with a shotgun. Exactly. exactly. They're, just the, they're just one arm of the criminal syndicate, though. They are just like the Vito, Don Vito, the, or... Um, they're just one family. They're just one family sitting at the table in the Godfather scene. Yep. And you know what? Mark, do, do they have infighting too, Mark? Probably. I'm sure they do. But they're, they're all focused towards one goal. And you know what that goal is? It's the skim, like a casino. And you know who the skim is? Our tax dollars are the freaking skim. Makes sense to me. I mean, it honestly does make a lot of sense. We think about it, it's continuing to have power and wealth generation after generation where they are literally above the law and above pretty much everyone. I mean, just look at the Clintons, look at um, Biden, look at Obama. I mean, look at all this stuff, you know, and, and people are just sick of nothing ever happening. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. And, and it's, it's really, it's really, we have another guest here today. Uh, it's really discouraging, you know, when you think about it. So, um, I don't know. But mark my words, Joe, you know who's going to be the next person taken out in the syndicate? Vladimir Zelensky. That's, um, that's my betting favorite to be the next person taken out. That's a great because, point, and I was, I was, I was just gonna say, Ukraine's just a separate casino. So the United States is like the stardust in the movie Casino. This is the, their Harrah's or their Caesar's Palace or something over there, Circus Circus over there. Yep. That's what they are. Circus. They're just another casino. <laughs> they are. They are. It's a, it's a big casino too, 
And I think Zelensky is going to be taken out at some point. Um, it might be in six months. It might be in a year. It might be in two years. But I'm telling you, Joe, whenever they it might already happen, it might have already happened, Mark. We don't know shit. Well, he's not back in. He hasn't been back to Kiev in a long time, because I think if he goes back to Kiev, he's probably a dead man. But you're right. Maybe it's already happened. But I think that when he gets, wait, can you just imagine that? Like, if you just had, like, actors playing these people. It's convenient because he, before he was president of Ukraine, he was a freaking actor that, yeah. was, that was playing a role about a teacher uh, yeah. that becomes president of Ukraine. Yep. You can't make this up. I'm telling you, if you pay any attention to what's going on and what we've been talking about in this podcast. By the way, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary, I think, soon. Yes, we are. We are. They are going to be, they are, when they are done with him, Whenever he's fulfilled whatever mission that he was supposed to fulfill, he will be taken out, and they will install, they, maybe we'll just say Victoria Newland. Um, they will install, or she will install, their next puppet government in Ukraine. That is what's going to happen, mark my words. So. All right. I know, I- I, I agree. Uh, that, that is a good point. Um, will he be next? Because there's so many, maybe, but he's, he's on, he's one of my top three that are going to be going by us in this criminal yeah. syndicate. So, um, do you speaking want to move of, on to speaking of, Well, I was going to say, speaking of criminal syndicate, maybe we were going to get into this. How about, uh, was it, uh, Lukashenko meets with Putin and then right after the meeting, he suffers like this, a major health ish, uh, major health scare. Is that was that what is that what it was? I sent it to you. He on... had to be rushed to the hospital. I didn't hear anything after he was rushed to the hospital. He's still alive. Um, I don't know if, what his condition is. Yeah. But yes, that's another Godfather esque way to go out. I guess. Unbelievable. You sh- you show up at a dinner and then you don't show up anywhere else. Yeah. Show up at a meeting, and hey, that's the last we've seen of this guy. Right. Okay. Uh, what do we have next? All right. I don't want to spend this much time on, on Arizona, but this is coming from the Kerry Lake War Room. Um, and well, I'm not going to, it's a nine minute video. I'm not going to play the whole video. But on October 14th, 17th, and 18th, Maricopa County performed secret testing on the tabulators. This was after they legally required logic and accuracy test, uh, after the legally required logic and accuracy test. 260 of those 446 tabulators failed. They were used on election day anyway, where 59% failed. This is the story of sabotage. It makes you wonder, when we reported this on this podcast, all the machines in red counties and red places where people go to vote were failing. And Katie Hobbs knew about the bad machines in Arizona for well over a year and a half and did nothing. Makes you wonder, is this part of the criminal syndicate too, Mark? It's so weird. I don't know. I, I I guess my thing is why does why can't Kerry Lake? Why why can't she win any lawsuits, any any litigation? Um, could it be because the criminal syndicate extends that far? I don't know. I don't know. You see the same thing happen in twenty twenty with the judges there. Every every time Trump brought something up, it was slapped down. You there? Yes, I'm here. Joe? Yes, oh yeah. Okay. I didn't. I didn't uh, yeah. You you cut off for a second, I think. But no, I, I said you saw that the, the judges are just as corrupt. They're part of the criminal syndicate too. And you saw that in 2020 with Trump. Every time they were all every single lawsuit, they didn't even want to hear any of the evidence. They just slapped it down on on standing. But so it makes you wonder, is the judicial system part of the criminal syndicate as well? I think so. Well, that's a big statement. That's a big statement. Could, could be. Could be. Um, okay. Let's move on to our next topic. The, oh, you have this in here. The, oh, yes. Uh, this is... Absolutely 
insane. I hope everyone's listening to this to this topic that we're about to drop on you guys. Uh, saw this from Candace Owens. If you don't listen to Candace Owens or don't follow Candace Owens, this will be the first time you probably hear this. Unless you were watching CBS News uh, the other night. This, you're about to hear, I told you Joe earlier, would be literally apocalyptic and would just be, would cause global chaos. If you thought COVID was bad, this would make COVID look like, um, look like the seasonal flu. Joe, tell us about the power grid. Okay, so this is um, a brief, like I'm going to play about 20 seconds of the actual MSNBC or CBS, I believe it is report and then do you want to jump right into candace owens after and then we could just talk about it after yeah okay we'll do that then tonight the nation's intelligence agencies are warning of cyber threats from russia and are urging u.s critical infrastructure defenses to be reinforced as cbs's bill whitaker reported on sunday night 60 minutes it wouldn't take much to throw the entire country into darkness the grid is a sprawling target there are actually three in the u.s the eastern western and texas has its own okay i just want you guys to remember that it, it wouldn't be that hard of a task oh, oh really for the number one world superpower it's that easy but here's uh, about two minutes of candace owens um and she'll give her take which i have to say mark um i agree with about 99.99999 percent of this uh, probably a hundred actually i'm gonna go with just a strong hundred so here's candace owens what would you do if they brought the power grid down and by they, I mean that the government purposefully brought the power grid down. And I'm not asking that question for fun. I'm asking that question because the World Economic Forum um, is predicting that a cyber pandemic, you can look this up, been running exercises about it this year, um, is inevitable. You're probably saying, what is a cyber pandemic? It doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, what are, what are we even talking about? Well, first of all, the reason I'm even paying attention to the World Economic Forum and their exercises is because they notoriously, in 2019, ran an exercise for a coronavirus pandemic that oddly all became true. I mean, without one slight difference, they said that uh, the coronavirus was going to escape from a wet market in South America, of course, when the coronavirus uh, swept the nation, uh, swept the world in 2020, they said it escaped from a wet market in China. You can still look that up, by the way. That's not a conspiracy theory. Um, that uh, they simulated that coronavirus pandemic. It was the World Economic Forum in collaboration with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, in collaboration with John Hopkins University, and. Um, the website is still up and they say, you know, the, the coronavirus pandemic is inevitable. And then boom, it happened the very next year. So, uh, people say it's a conspiracy theory to believe that they knew that the coronavirus pandemic was going to happen. You don't have to believe it was a conspiracy theory or you can believe it was a conspiracy theory. It's up to you. I don't really care. The point is, is that they made the prediction, they called it inevitable and then it happened immediately. So for me personally, that signals to me that I should probably pay attention the next time the World Economic Forum makes a prediction and calls it inevitable. And lo and behold, they are predicting that a coronavirus pandemic, uh, a cyber pandemic, pardon, is going to happen and that it is once again inevitable. So if you look into the exercise that they have run this year, I believe they run it in July. Um, they've been meeting and talking about the cyber pandemic, what it would look like essentially, uh, their idea of is that they're going to have to sanitize the internet uh, because a bug, think of this as like a coronavirus for your computer, um, is going to sweep globally. And the only way they're gonna be able to stop this bug from infecting everything is to effectively shut down the internet, right? And they were talking about bringing down the power grid in an effort to so imagine the government bringing down the power grid and you would not have access to anything um, that- re the, um, the thing she's talking about, that they have to stop from spreading the virus. The virus is truth, Mark. They don't want you to know that, though. That, that Joe, is chilling. I mean, like she said, <laughs> the World Economic Forum was predicting a, a, a pandemic in, in running tests. When, Joe? In 2018, I believe. And then all yeah, of a sudden... Yeah, yeah. And monkeypox. Don't, don't forget they nailed monkeypox, too. Yeah. And monkeypox. And then all of a sudden, we have a worldwide pandemic. Now they're talking about a cyber pandemic. What? 
I mean, can you imagine? I mean, what would be, Joe, what would it take for something like this to happen? Um, the powers that be wanting it to happen or them trying to st- keep in mind, you have to understand, you have to remember back. They used to have control of everything, Twitter, Facebook, all the social media, anything where you wanted to express your, your opinion, anything, they had control of that. They're losing that control. They lost Twitter. They don't have control of true social. Um, no one's watching. They're getting their news from television anymore. They right. they lost, not only have they lost the narrative, they lost like the megaphone, the, the, the microphone, whatever the you want to call it. They lost it. They don't have it anymore. They don't have a way to get their message out or to defend. And all their narratives are crumbling and failing at the exact same time. You could see why they're nervous. Well, they still have the mainstream media, you know, um, and, and, and things like that. But, Joe, this happens. Can you even imagine shutting down the power grid, even for a week, a, a day, a day, a week? I mean, Bill Whitaker, you heard him say it would be pretty easy for them to, to shut down the power grid in the United States of America, the wealthiest country most prosperous country to ever exist on, on the face of the planet. You're telling me you could just do this in a day? Not even? Sanitize the internet from a virus that's, that's supposedly going to infect everything on planet Earth. Um, that would be another excuse. I'm just thinking about this right now. To It doesn't necessarily have to be Biden because he always has an excuse, he already, always has an excuse to be hidden. But if they do move to get rid of Biden, that's a good excuse to hide the whoever the next person is in charge, whether it's Kamala or someone else. I, I mean, it sounds crazy to even sit here and war game these scenarios out. But they are serving these up on a silver platter and saying this is going to happen. You're giving me no choice. Do you think this could coincide with the campaign next summer? Um, or, dare I say, uh, the election in 2024. Listen, there's a hard window between early, we'll, we'll just say February of 2025 and next week. That's when it'll happen, because that's when it has to happen, because that's when the most at risk is. So do they risk, do they wait till they lose the election, just a war game scenario, and then do it? Whoever's, whoever gets in, whether it's the Sanders, Trump, whoever, do it. Mm-hmm. Do do they do it the day before the election, so you can't vote? Do they do it like in a in between? Do they do it leading up? I don't see how it benefits them leading up. So I would say sometime between late October and inauguration day, depending on who wins. Could be. can't believe we're even war gaming this out. I think it's really going to happen. I think it's really going to happen. I'm not saying the entire United States goes black like in, uh, what was the movie, Snake Plissken. Um, Escape from, I believe it was L.A. That one was Escape from L.A. I don't think it's going to be like that. It it could. But you're not going to be one of the major cities. You're not going to want to be a major cities. I'm just saying. It'll be worse. There'll be ways for you to get power. By yourself using generators and stuff like that, and there'll be they'll, hospitals have generators. There'll be ways, but where you're not going to want to be is in cities and major population centers and stuff like that, or these places that have these super awesome liberal policies. Let's just say that. Yeah. Told you earlier, I might have to go to Costco and buy a generator. But then again, what if we have what if we have a fuel shortage at the same time? Then then you're really talking. This is a big yeah. deal, and it's not getting enough attention, but it's going to happen. It, it, honestly, I, I, I hate to say this, but it's, I think it's going to happen. The, the, they're, they're telegraphing this. It's, it's, it's like you're in a heavyweight boxing match, and, and, and your opponent telegraphs his punches. <laughs> it's, oh, man. This happens. Jeez, always. I'm, I'm just saying, if they, if they don't want to do it worldwide, then what's the point of doing it in, like, select cities and select areas? I, I mean, I guess, I guess when there's a war going on in Europe, it could be blamed on something else. Lord, it could, yeah. Keep in mind, you got that nuclear threat going on in, in the background, too. Uh, 
Yeah, they're moving nukes into Belarus. Oh, boy. Crazy. All right. Um, so whenever this happens, I'm sure we'll look back on this episode and say, we told you, told you guys. Told you. All right. Let's talk about the debt ceiling. We saw it. We saw a deal uh, being brokered over the weekend between uh, Kevin McCarthy and uh, the White House. Joe, yay or nay on the debt ceiling? That's a no for me, dog. Um, this is from The Guardian. The U.S. debt ceiling deal. McCarthy could face threats from hard right. Hard right. Notice, notice how they use the adjectives. As agreement, criticized live. And we're going to play some of the live audio for it. Mark, I think this is a terrible deal. It doesn't necessarily put a cap on spending. And it, we're not really cutting anything. When, Whenever the... It went up so much from COVID. Our spending went up so much from COVID that we would have to cut like 10, 20%. And, we're, and the, the, the deal is just not, not doing that. It's not doing that at, at all, actually. Um, so, Andy Didn't they Biggs, say they're cutting trillions of dollars in spending or something like that? I, 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 no, uh, the, they're not cutting trillions. In potential spending, maybe, because it goes up every year. But this is a terrible deal. It... Um, It can go up from $31.4 trillion to $35.5 trillion by January 1st, 2025. This is the criminal syndicates. This is how they launder the money. Why do you need that many trillions of dollars for, right. for a year and a half? Right. Uh, do we have any audio on this one? Yeah, we have, we, we have, okay, we have, a, we have a couple clips here. So let's get to the audio. These are some of the no's, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read off uh, some of them. So hard no's, Chip Roy, Texas, Andy Biggs, Arizona, Andrew Clyde, Georgia, Lauren Boebert from Colorado, Bob Good, Virginia, Dan Bishop, North Carolina, Ken Buck, Colorado, Matt Rosendale, Montana, Brian Donalds, a big, big, big Brian Donalds fan over here on this podcast, Republican Florida, and Eli Crane, Arizona. A couple others that aren't hard no's but are no's, Keith Self, Nancy Mace, Swiss Hunt, Corey Mills. I, I think Matt Gates is a no. I don't necessarily know if he's a hard no or, or not, but I'm going to play. They, they had a press conference about about an hour ago on the steps of, I think, the Capitol. And let's play just a couple audio snippets from them. We're going to start off with uh, my man Brian Donald first here. So. so first things first to the American people, Washington is doing it again. While you were celebrating Memorial Day, all of our men and women who gave their lives for this great nation, and you were spending time with your family and your friends, this town was cutting another crap deal that's going to put you more in debt with no real changes whatsoever. So the American people need to understand full and well, do not listen to the talking points. Do not listen to the cool phrases that are being thrown out in commercials on CNN or Fox or MSNBC, because Washington is lying again. This bill has no cap in raising the debt, just a date in the future. We have no idea what that number is going to look like. Some people are saying $4 trillion. Some people are saying $3.5 trillion. This bill in year one might cut $12 billion if you just want to be generous. So who here thinks it's cool to cut $12 billion in exchange for $4 trillion? He makes a great point. Um, and he gets directly to the point. I like that. Um, who do we have next here? Let's see. Uh, Chip Roy. And I, I came out against Chip Roy because he did some things I did not like. And he's a DeSantis guy, but I, I agree with him here. I like what he's saying here. My colleagues, be very clear. Not one Republican should vote for this deal. It is a bad deal. No one sent us here to borrow an additional $4 trillion to get absolutely nothing in return. But at best, if I'm being really generous, a spending freeze for a couple of years. That's it. That's about what you get. And frankly, you're going to make things worse. And my Democratic colleagues know it. That's why they're supporting it. That's why they're going around gleeful. Like, there's a reason our Democrat colleagues support this. There's a reason that Mitt Romney supports this. There's the reason that Bill Crystal supports this. It's all the same stuff. There's a reason that 
our conservative allies are opposing it roundly. The Clifford Grove, the Heritage Foundation, scoring again. Um, again, you can play the Goodfellas cold open. We had a couple episodes ago. Mitt Romney, Romney nuts. Uh, is it is it possible that the freedom the uh, the freedom caucus could block this deal from going through? Like, would they or would they have enough Democratic actors on board that would vote with them? Oh, th- th- listen, they they have options. They could vote. Keep in mind, it only takes one of them to vote to recall um, McCarthy. They could throw McCarthy out if they want. Now they're gonna need. They're going to need a lot of, of Republicans to, to go no on this. And uh, they don't need Democrats, I don't think. But it wouldn't help if, if you've peeled away. But I I just, I don't know. If all the Democrats vote for this bill, then they're going to need basically all the Republicans to, to vote against it. You see what I mean? Yeah. Um, this is Republic, uh, Representative Michael Cloud from Texas. Pays an NGO to consult on our use of plastic straws. That is how ridiculous this government has grown in putting a burden on the taxpayers. They, they, the cafeteria there consults an NGO and it costs money about plastic straws. Do, do you see some of the waste? It's amazing. It's amazing. And this is um, this is probably going to be the last one. Um, I'll play right here. This is the Freedom Caucus leaving open the possibility of filling, um, filing the motion to vacate the chair if Speaker McCarthy pushes through the debt deal. Were the bill to go forward, would you file a motion to vacate the chair? Look, we are focused. I'll let each member speak for themselves. But for me, I am focused on defeating this bill. What happens post that? And the agreements that we have, we will decide once we de- we've determined the disposition of this bill and its finality. Yes, ma'am. Do it. If throw McCarthy out, I, I like. Listen, I, Mark. I told you. I told you from the beginning. I don't trust McCarthy. I don't like. I, I think he could be a snake. He started off really well. Don't get me wrong, but this is a really bad deal. And this debt ceiling is a big thing. It's unlimited spending again for the criminal syndicate. Um, well, there is some good in this and that's, you know, it would, it would avert some, you know, catastrophe, uh, you know, to, to most people that would be affected by this, you know, um, banks and businesses and, and whatnot. So, you know, I, I need to look more into this. I just haven't had time this weekend to, to dive into this debt ceiling thing, um, and really read about it. It is a very, it's a very complex issue. But we'll see. I mean, if it, if it passes, I mean, nothing's really been all they have, all they have done is they have agreed in principle to a deal. Nothing's been other than that. Nothing's been accomplished. Nothing's been done. So you see how um, they do it, though. You you enjoyed a nice nice Memorial Day weekend with your family. You know, weren't worried worried about this stuff. The people you you voted for or that represent you are supposed to be handling this, and yep. you see what they snuck through while you weren't paying attention. Yep. Tried to at least. Tried to. Yeah. This is this is why it can't it cannot work like this. Yep. Uh, All right. What do you have on Diane Feinstein? We the last time we saw her, she was dead. Dead. I mean, I mean talk about. Oh my gosh. The Walking the... Dead. No, she's not. I can't even say she's walking. She's not walking. No, the she's rolling, just dead. The Rolling yeah, Dead. She's just dead. Um, okay, Senator Feinstein confused by Vice President Kamala Harris's participation in tie-breaking vote. This is a report. Um, <laughs> and I guess this is this is for real. Um, it's also saying that when she did return, she suffered from a neurological con- disorder called Ramsey-Hunt syndrome that stemmed from her struggles with um, with shingles. And remember, on May sixteenth. Um, she responded to the one reporter saying that she never left the Senate. Um, no, I haven't been gone. Remember that one, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> Insisting that she was still there. Uh, um, but anyway, she had no idea why Kamala Harris was, was there in the Senate um, voting. Um, Feinstein 89 appeared unaware during one vote as to why Harris, 
who had previously broken numerous ties, was taking up her role as president of the Senate, according to a report from the New York Times. A witness included in the report said Feinstein allegedly asked colleagues, what is she doing here? <laughs> it's no different than John Fetterman, though. If they throw her out, they have to, they have to do the same thing to John Fetterman, and maybe more. Look at the picture. Click on the New York Post Twitter thing and look at the picture of her eye. Um, I. Oh my. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's bad, huh? Oh. Yeah, she keeps on getting voted in with that eye. I feel like that eye by itself. Gosh. Is Adam Schiff running for her seat? Yes. Yes, he is running for Senate. No, so. for her seat, for her Senate yes, seat. Yes, for, for, for her seat in California in Senate. I believe it's her seat, so. Wow. But, you know, criminal you know, syndicate I'm, I'm reading... is getting old. The, the criminal syndicate is getting old. These, this, is, this is the version of, like, in the movie, The Godfather, because you know, the old men, you know, sitting with the yep. oxygen tanks and the, and the masks and... Yep. Hope um, Um, you know, I look at this guy's comment here. That's not a problem for liberals. They would vote her right, right in again. And you know what? He, he, this guy's right. This Jay Hans, blue check mark guy. Uh, he's right. If, if, if she ran unopposed and she was on the ticket and she was a Democrat, they would vote her in again. Hands oh, down. Absolutely. Hands down. They wouldn't and know what we- else to do. They wouldn't know what else to do. No, no. And the next thing, this is going to be a nice segue into what we're going to talk about next, is the FBI deadline right under here. Kevin McCarthy. I have a message for FBI Director Christopher Wray. If he misses today's deadline to turn over against the Congress, I am prepared to move contempt charges against him. Joe. Uh, I gave Christopher Wray until today to hand over these documents related to the Biden crime family. What do you have? Look, I, I would get excited for this, but let's not forget, who's he going to turn it over to? The DOJ and Merrick Garland. What are they going to do? Dick. They're not going to do dick. Um, look, go do the contempt charges. Do the contempt charges. I, I don't care. It's fine. Quit talking about it and just freaking do it. Please, already. Yeah, this is please ridiculous. do it. The, 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 wasn't, wasn't it last, last week the deadline was? Um, and this is also from leading rep- at leading report on Twitter breaking. This is from 10 a.m. So this is a couple hours ago. Um, FBI informant claims Joe Biden illegally accepted a five million dollar bribe from a foreign nation. Um, well, we we kind of we kind of assume that, but now there's a whistleblower. Whistleblowers are bad now, Mark. Remember? Yeah, whistle. <laughs> Say no to whistleblowers. Yeah, whistleblowers are bad. So I don't know what's going to happen with this with this whistleblower. I mean, it was it was a topic. I can't remember if it was last episode we covered it or two episodes ago, whatever it was. But I feel like in any other year, any other administration, if this was three years ago, there'd be already impeachment. Not that there already isn't impeachment filings against Joe Biden. MTG did so, but this would be front page news. He'd be he'd be having to answer about this on the White House lawn. Yep. Yep. Uh. Again, another one of those situations where it's just yes. you just sit here and think all the evidence is right in front of us. Everyone knows what they did. Couldn't put out any more clearly for everyone to see. And yet nothing will happen. What do we got with uh, Bobby Kennedy in Ukraine? Okay. Okay. I'm not going to play the full clip um, because there's been a lot of confusion going around on social media, Twitter. This is from Ian Miles Chiang. He's a popular account on Twitter. I mean, I follow him. There's some things I agree. I, I actually don't like the guy, to be honest with you. Um, he's floating around some misinformation here. He said, he tweets out, oh no, RFK says that the United States is involved in the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Quote, for all the right reasons. We are there because we are good people. Well, he did say that, Ian, but you also have to remember his words are being taken out of context because in the full 20 minute clip of the speech, he goes on to blame our military industrial complex for the war and says it needs to be ended immediately as soon as possible. Again, the military industrial complex is who he's blaming. And that's part, that's another arm grando of the what 
the criminal syndicate that runs our country. Yeah. Well, don't forget, in addition to that, his words, let's not forget that the whole reason we went there initially, you know, for what we were led to believe, air quoting here, uh, was because we were supposed to provide humanitarian aid to the Ukrainians. Yes. Not F-16s, anti-missile defense, leopard tanks, millions upon all, millions all of, of, of ammo, all, all of our money. hundred Over $100 billion worth of military equipment. That wasn't part of the deal. We were just supposed to provide humanitarian aid to Ukraine. That's what we were told. Okay. I mean, staying with Ukraine, staying with Ukraine, this is this broke last night, I think, or was this yesterday? Broke anyway. Russia reports they have found evidence of the United States developing biological weapons in biolabs in Ukraine. And I feel like this is about the 30th time we've covered this being reported. But in yep. uh, Plum Crazy Shaker at Plum Crazy Shank um, on Twitter. He commented, yeah, and all the COVID variants stopped as soon as the war in Ukraine started. So this, everyone's saying the same thing now. Their narrative is absolutely crumbling. And it's, this is, could be when stuff, bad things start to happen. I mean, I, I hate, I hate to keep beating a dead horse, but yet with the biolabs, but it's actually, it's not dead. It's like not even alive because nothing to be giving this any oxygen except a couple, a couple, a couple independent media voices, one of which we are. But it's right here. It's right here. It's right here. But because Russia is reporting it, you know, it must be it must be disinformation, you know. But we have Victoria Newland on record saying that there are biolabs in Ukraine again. For the hundredth time we are, we are saying this, and yet no one seems to care. No one seems to talk about this. Again, how did all the variants just stop with COVID? I mean, yeah. we're not sucking our thumbs over here. We're making really good yeah. points. <laughs> just got, we're just two dads asking questions. You guys are the ones. We're supposed to be presenting these questions to our audience so you guys think about this and think logically. And, and you know what? Bring it up in your argument. Use this. Use points that we make. Use points like this as a club in your, in, when you talk to people and beat them over the head with it over and over again. Yeah. I mean, it all makes sense. I mean, we're not, we're, we're not reporting on things that are, that are that's make-believe or, or conspiracies. This is all right here. This is all right in front of us. These are all good sources we're reporting from. <sighs> My daughter's even sick of it. She has. She's just getting started. She has no idea how bad. Again, we have an her obligation. Her, her, we have an obligation to make sure our children's lives are better than ours, and we're failing big time. Not us. No, not, not us necessarily, but as a society, we are failing big time. Bigly. We're culture, we're culture warriors. Yes, we are. Um, all right. Uh, I know we're going to wrap up here soon. Uh, we have is a recession on the uh, on the horizon, Joe. Did we enter the recession? I like I said. I don't know if they just come out and say, "Hey, it's you know, it's this is the date the recession started." You know, we've probably already been in a recession for some time now. But again, they telegraph their moves. This should make you nervous. This is uh, Biden economic advisor, Lael Brainard, um, and she's going to use the R word. What's your latest uh, view on whether or not we're likely to see a recession before the 2024 election? You know, the R word that I'm hearing the most is about resilience. That this economy has proven remarkably resilient. You know, we've gone through a lot, a pandemic. We've seen a war that spiked gas prices. And today, gas prices are down again. And uh, prices are coming down across the board. And the job record is really... What does she mean by resilient? 
What does that mean, a resilient economy? To quote Joe Pesci, speaking of the criminal syndicate, and cover the, to quote Joe Pesci from Casino, she needs to give herself a hand right across her fucking mouth. <laughs> I don't know if we're in a recession or not. Um, I'm not an economist, but it feels like we are not yet, um, but who's to say we aren't? Remember whenever people went to go get their money out of the bank in California called uh, whatever I can't remember the bank was called. And they called the police on them. That's how you know you might be in a recession. <laughs> Maybe even a depression. Yeah. Um, by the way, I don't want to not to go back here, but I think we did skip over one of the Twitter links on Lukashenko. Yes, we did, actually. Oh, my God. Yeah. OK. Um, so, yeah, this back, is from Insider back. Paper. I'll just I'll just read it here. Uh, Belarus President Alexander Lukashenko. Rushed to hospital after holding a meeting with Putin, Daily Mail reports. Uh, Joe, what's your take on this? I, I don't know what to think. Honestly. Bizarre. You don't think it could be just indigestion, do you? <laughs> what happened after? Does it say what happened after? Can you find can we find any information at all about what happened after? No, we need to we need to we need to do a deep dive on that and find out what happened to Lukashenko. Not we like we're going to find out. We don't have time. Yeah. It's Pride Month. We're, we're, we're out of time. Yeah. Oh, man. Who knows what the, what the Russians may have done or what they may have exposed him to after that meeting. I, actually, it doesn't make sense that they would because, well, I mean, who knows? But because they seem to be allies. I mean, they're moving nukes into Belarus. They most certainly are allies. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe Lukashenko didn't want to go along with, uh, and, they, and they were basically like, all right, we'll show you who's daddy here. But I don't know. It's weird. Very weird. So, um, all right. We have, um, why don't we uh, wait till Friday to cover a different, uh, and start to wrap up here. Before we get to Pride Month, this will be a good, a good um, segue. Uh, we had a, little Catholic corner here, um, a, a, a tweet from a deacon here in the Diocese of Pittsburgh, Keith Kondrick. Um, he put on Twitter, this is a ordained deacon in the Diocese of Pittsburgh, come celebrate with us, LGBTQ Catholics, families, allies, please join us for the Pride Mass on the Feast of Corpus Christi, which means the body of Christ. And underneath that, body of Christ, God's gift to all. Um, with the presider, um, two deacons, and a scripture commentator. If you know anything about Catholic Mass, there's no such thing as a scripture commentator. And this was supposed to take place on Sunday, June 11th at 1 o'clock p.m. at the Duquesne University Holy Spirit Chapel, co-hosted by CCOC, LGBTQ Ministry at St. Joseph the Worker, and a couple other, um, a couple other organizations. Opening hearts, enriching all. And then it says the welcome table, a Catholic LGBTQ ministry in Pittsburgh. Joe, aye, aye, aye. Uh, I'm all for welcoming. Uh, and this same uh, deacon is tweeting uh, very hateful rhetoric um, towards quite a few people. But, I mean, I'm all for welcoming um, the LGBTQ population uh, into the Catholic Church um, on, 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 on the Catholic Church's terms. But uh, celebrating a pride mass, Joe is literally the antithesis of being Catholic. Um, we're Christian. Jesus Christ was not here to preach pride. He was actually teaching humility, which is the opposite of pride. And yet we see this stuff coming out, and there is a large, large backlash uh, against this deacon and against this mass, pride mass. And from what I'm hearing from my sources, uh, this mass... Uh, may have been canceled, uh, but I haven't confirmed that yet, but I have heard that this was canceled. Uh, this deacon has since made his Twitter private, so you can't um, see his tweets. But Joe, again, that's why I've been, I've been, I say at the end of every episode, find a traditional Latin mass. The Catholic Church is going to continue to suffer and continue to have their population dwindle until things like this are put to an end. 
in the traditional liturgies restored. So I don't get it, man. It's one of the seven deadly sins. And I, I, I feel like people just take advantage of, of Christians and, and Catholics. Try this at a Muslim mosque. Try to try to try doing this at a Muslim mosque. You won't leave alive. You'll be stoned to death. Yep. Stoned to death. Yep. Sorry, I was killing a fly there. But we're the terrorists. Large. But you're the terrorist. <laughs> yeah. You're the terrorist. If you, if you, again, we said it last episode, Joe. Going back to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Yet, there would be no anti-Muslim or anti-Semitic uh, thing like that ever taking place. But yet, when it comes to Catholicism and Christians uh, as a whole, it's, it's welcomed, it's accepted. Sickening. Was Biden's nuclear whatever deputy waste czar or whatever was? Did I hear that he was a member of the system? Sam Hinton. I sent you that. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't know if I dreamt that or not. That just seemed like too big of a coincidence. Like it was like too good to be true. But apparently, in 2023, no, it's yes expected, expected and encouraged by this administration, by this champion of uh, Catholicism, Joe Biden. All right, let's wrap up, Joe. What do you have here as we wrap up on related to Pride Month? All right, so two videos, um, and then we're going to get out of here. The first one is from last year this audio is from. Um, this is a tweet from Lauren Witzke. Um, It says, thank God Merrick Garland is not in the Supreme Court. A 15-year-old girl, and you might remember this case, a 15-year-old girl was raped in the school bathroom by a boy in a dress and the school covered it up because they didn't want to didn't want to interfere with Pride Month. So here's a video. Your daughter was raped. She was raped in a bathroom by a boy wearing girls' clothes, and the Loudoun County School Board covered it up because it would have interfered with their transgender policy during Pride Month. And that man, Scott Smith, because he went to a school board and tried to defend his daughter's rights was condemned internationally. Do you apologize to Scott Smith and his 15-year-old daughter, Judge? Senator? Okay, I'm reclaiming my time. I don't want to hear Merrick Garland. Um, That's all for that video. And then we're going to end on Dylan Mulvaney. Um, But before we do, Mark, if you have any closing words, get them in now because... (laughs) Yeah, thank you all for listening again, Uh, especially to our new listener uh, out in Portugal. Enjoy your week. Have a great week, guys. Keep fighting the good fight. Be a force multiplier. And uh, hold the line. Hold the line. That's all we ask. Joe, take us up. Okay. So this is a video of Dylan Mulvaney. And this is from last year, but still right before Pride Month. Um, and this, this is... This is what we're bowing down to, this lunacy. And I don't even know if it's the whole video. Thank me if it's not. Um, it's 24 seconds. And then the next time you hear from us, guys, it'll be uh, it'll be Pride Month. So stay frosty. And uh, it's it's been real. We'll end with Dylan Mulvaney and the countdown to Pride Month. This has been Thinking Logically. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. So I recently told my parents that I may be a little bit romantically interested in women. And that was a big shock for them, considering the past 10 years of coming out as gay, then queer, then non-binary, then trans. And I think it was just a bit of a shock. So I tell my dad, and he goes, well, I would love to see you get a woman pregnant. And I said, oh, no, no, no. She would be getting me. So Me pregnant. That's, that's, that's what we're bowing down to. This has been Thinking Logically. Thank you, guys.